Welcome to the Agape Podcast. I'm Beck, a passionate, sold-out lover of Jesus who accidentally started a Christian singles ministry. And now I want to help as many people as possible to find their husband or wife while being super healthy and full of hope. So get ready for some real, raw talk about all things singleness and dating. I got, I got this super sick uh, sweatshirt. It's, it's not blue. That's the. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, I want from, one. Uh, Black Box Sound Co. Okay, guys, so we're live. With them. Marcus is showing us his shirt. Oh, and he's got a microphone yeah. and everything. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> guys. We are now live. Just letting letting the guys know we were just chatting a little bit backstage before we went live. Um, welcome to our men's panel. I'm I'm Beck. In case you guys don't know who I am, this is my amazing husband Nick. Hello. We have now been married for how long, babe? Four months. Four months as of today. Yesterday. Yesterday. Baby, as of yesterday. Um, <laughs> so we are newlyweds, super loving life, super loving being married, and we are excited to talk to you guys a little bit more about that. Um, but I'd love you guys. First of all, the panel to introduce themselves, and then we're going to get into some awesome questions. And if you have any questions while we go, feel free to comment below, um, and we would love to answer them for you. Oh, camera went a bit funny. Oh, oops. Okay. So, Leif, did you want to start by introducing yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Leif. Um, I've been on the uh, Bethel Singles Group for I don't know, probably eight months now, seven months, nine, nine months. Um, I'm a, revivalist uh, group, yeah. what's that? The revivalist group. The revivalist group. Yes. Not Sorry. The one. Revivalist Christian singles. Uh, I've, uh, I've been, uh, uh, done a lot of education, different places. I'm here kind of an atypical student at Bethel right now, living in Reading from Oregon originally. And, uh, uh, I'm a pastor by calling. So yeah. Happy to meet you. Thanks for tuning in. So yes, Lake is our resident pastor. And um, we love the heavy revies that he drops. He is incredible. If you haven't heard out the end of our last um, men's paddle, Leif brought an incredible word, totally worth going back for. Uh, Darren, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, I'll go right ahead. Uh, my name is Darren. <laughs> <Black> molasses. <laughs> yep, my name is Darren, right from Texas. That's right. Just kidding. I am from Texas, so. Um, I don't have an accent. I'm 29 years old. I've got two little girls, was married and divorced by the time I was 25 years old. I know, crazy. Um, but the Lord has radically just changed my life, changed my daughter's lives even, um, and even my ex-wife's life. Um, and I've just been encountering Jesus ever since and not looking back. It's amazing. I'm currently a business owner in San Angelo, Texas, and hoping to uh, be moving down south to San Antonio here soon. Uh, but yeah, that's what, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And guys, if you want to um, hear Darren's testimony, I actually interviewed him in our, um, I can't remember what number it was, but it's in our podcast and it's the victory from, uh, from divorce to victory. And he has an incredible testimony of what the Lord did through that process. Um, and, and that he was so real, so raw. I was actually in tears. So would really encourage you whether you have been divorced, um, or you just want to find out more about people's stories who have gone through that, I would really recommend listening to that podcast that we did. Uh, Justin, 
you are ready, you're unmuted, go ahead, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, my name is Justin Garvin. I am from Sacramento, California, but I live in Reading. I am going to BSSM for a second year. And I was a part of the uh, Revivalist Singles Group for about, I don't know, six months, something like that. Um, but yeah, um, my calling is restoring the biblical definition of masculinity and the ministry of reconciliation between sex abusers and their victims. And I feel really called in that area. And I just love to see people grow. I love to see their breakthrough. And I love to see them be the best versions of themselves, even if they don't believe in it. Yeah, that's so amazing. And Justin has actually walked out those things that he's called to. And that's why he's so passionate about it. And so that is amazing, Justin. I love it. And last but not least, Marcus. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, uh, Marcus Mazzano. I'm a Reading local. Um, been here since uh, junior high, and uh, I'm also divorced as of last December. Um, no kids, uh, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I have a massive passion for uh, getting men, uh, helping men get freedom from sexual addiction and porn addiction. Um, I dealt with that for most of my life, and uh, yeah, so uh, basically killing off passivity in men and helping them become the full best versions of themselves and then uh have fun in dating so happy to be here <laughs> come on and i totally forgot do you want to introduce yourself babe hi i'm nick chamberlain uh beck's husband yay uh we got married four months ago i am also uh divorced uh, uh i think i got divorced probably three years ago um and just went after a lot of healing and a lot of hard work and um, chose not to play the victim and Amen. Uh, chose to go, okay, what did I do wrong? Yep. Uh, what, what do I need to fix about me so I can be the best version for the next wonderful woman that comes into my life? That's awesome. Um, I am I'm also passionate about men. Um, Myself, Marcus, and Justin, we all go to the same men's group on Monday night where we talk a lot about killing passivity, being vulnerable and open, and, um, and engaging in new and hard things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I just have a passion for that with men and helping single men date well and become the best version of themselves. Come on. Thanks, babe. Great job. So unintentionally i did not realize this but we actually have four people on this call who have walked through divorce um, and have been very open about it um, justin's the only one who has never been married um, and that was totally unintentional i did not even realize that so i feel like holy spirit probably wants to do something today <laughs> um, and, and just really talk about healing and reconciliation and i love i've heard many of your testimonies and many of the things that you've already been talking about. Um, and so I'm just really excited to, to get into that. And so um, I'd love to ask you guys, let's just get straight into it. Because like I said, I, that was really unintentional. We, I kind of put the call out of like, hey, guys, um, awesome guys that I know, godly men, who's available? Last week, um, we had a very, or last week, last month, we have a very different array of men. Um, and then this week, or this month, I don't keep saying wait this month <laughs> um you know we there's a common thread here and i feel like that's actually probably worth exploring and seeing what the lord wants to do because i feel like there's going to be a lot of life breathed into it so 
Fellas, if you can speak to this a little bit, I feel like one question that might be coming up in um, people who are, who are listening and, and maybe um, have, have heard our podcast um, with Darren and I is kind of how do you walk through, how, what were some practical steps that you took to walk through after your divorce um, in, in finding healing and wholeness? What was something that was really important um, to, in order to actually walk in the fullness and the freedom and the wholeness and, and really like healing from it uh, that you found important to not stay in that place like Nick was saying, but um, Marcus is going to rejoin us. He just lost audio. Um, to not stay in that place, but really walk out healing. Who wants to speak into that? Uh, yeah, babe, go first and then um, Darren can go. So I think for me, just starting out, um, like, I'm a good enough mechanic to know when I'm over my, like, in over my head. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm healthy enough to know when, like, when I need professional help. And, and so realizing how, like, the pain that divorce causes um, and going, hey, like, it's okay to go to counseling. Like, it's okay to go and pay for counseling and say, hey, this, like, this really hurt. And, like, uh, I need professional help. And just to sit with uh, a counselor and just talk about pain and somebody that's trained to, to, to help you go through that. You know, like if your transmission broke, you wouldn't go to your neighbor who, you know, knows how to change their oil. You know, you're going to want to spend the money and, and have it done properly. Mm -hmm. That was, that was like, that was the first thing I did really good yeah nick has really pursued healing and wholeness and really gone after this that's why when we met i was like oh he's had so much breakthrough in this area because like he even says you know the first six months he really not maybe not the first six months but there was one point where you're like six months i want to be really um healed up from this a lot more than i am right now and you really went after it so that's really awesome who else has something to yeah i'll speak to that i i um I've been through divorce too, and I didn't mention this in my introduction, so I apologize. Not not trying to hide it at all. I just didn't didn't think about saying something. So um, I'm one of the four. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, but one of the things that the Lord did, I want to talk about shame, that the shame of when you go through divorce, and there are a lot of reasons why people divorce, and it's there's so many reasons, and there are a diverse number of reasons, and they're not all the same, and that's why the church sort of handles divorce so differently from person to person, situation to situation. And, um, and one of the things that I struggled with was the shame of, of having gone through it. Um, it was not something I chose, not something I wanted, but it happened to me. And so you're, you're sort of in it yourself. And that's not to say you don't cause pain. We all cause pain in relationships. And I would never say I didn't cause pain, but, uh, but, but I didn't actually choose the, the decision. And I, in fact, I was actively working against that choice and, but it was just handed to me. So, but one of the things I was struggling with was the shame of it. I was six months in and very much just feeling like I can't show my face. Um, I've been a pastor um, for a long time. What, how do I handle this? I'm, I'm here to help other people be whole in their relationships and look at my own 
my own relationship, my most important relationship, the bottom fell out of it. And what do I do? And the Lord one night had me read Hosea. He took me to Hosea and he said, I want you to read this book. And I kept reading it. And he says, now you have a choice. He said, you either can see me as a capricious God who arbitrarily uproots and destroys families, or there's something in the book of Hosea that you've never seen before. And if you're familiar with the book of Hosea, Hosea is commanded by God to marry a godless, immoral woman. And not just that, but to complicate that relationship by having children and having child support issues with that. He's, he's commanded by God to do it. Hosea would have known immediately in that moment that the relationship wasn't going to work. He would have just known, given who she was, given the nature of their relationship, given all this stuff, that it was going to lead to brokenness. He would have known, but yet he had to obey this. And God, God just said to me, he said, I want you to read this passage. So I read it and read it and read it. And he said, he said, love, he told, this is what he told me to heal my shame. He says, love is not outcome focused. It's not outcome based. It's source based. And he said, Hosea was my servant. And I considered him a righteous and integrity, a man of integrity, because he was obedient to me. And it was in the offer of his love to Gomer where he was what he won and was successful. It wasn't in the outcome. You know, people choose things. Sometimes people choose things. And, and where we win is in the, in the offer of love. And Jesus said to me in my heart, he said, if the outcome was the most important thing in a, in a marriage relationship or in a covenant relationship of any kind, I would be the most failed being in the universe because literally half of the people I offer a relationship to will turn their back and walk away from me. And yet I run to give that relationship to people. And I never put any restrictions because I so badly want that. His love is based upon source. It's, it's about him. He loved us before we loved him. That's what the Bible says. Um, and so, so there's freedom for those of you that struggle with the shame of divorce realizing that that it's in the offering of love if you have offered love in your relationship and god has and you know you made a good faith effort and you did not choose your marriage choose to pull the plug god sees that he sees the beauty of that and 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 he views that much much differently from when we run away from marriages i just want to say that to offer for grace for the people who found themselves in that situation so thanks so much life wow I really, I, I love hearing your perspective all the time. Um, Darren, do you want to say what you were going to say? Oh, I'd love to. Um, first off, I mean, as, as everybody knows, you know, every situation is unique and different. Um, even, um, I, I guess I, I should say this, um, even the, uh, the time that led up to marriage or like things that happened, and before someone was getting married, whether they knew the Lord, whenever they got married, whether they didn't. Um, so all those things are important to uh, just to keep in mind whenever all of us are sharing. Um, some, something that I share may apply to you, your situation, and something that I share may or may not. Um, but I would just encourage everybody to reach out to Beck if they have any questions. But um, some, things that, some things that I did practically, and I know this is going to sound real like, duh, like a duh thing. Um, but I just, I just got into scripture. Um, I just opened up the word and, um, man, my, my verse that really, uh, that really just 
got me through everything was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. It's interesting because it says he will make your path straight, not you will make your path straight. It says he will make your path straight, but how you do that is by acknowledging him in everything you do. Um, so, I, I mean, that's what I did practically. Um, I had this was around the time that that movie War Room came out. Mm. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that movie. Yeah. Well, this lady had a prayer closet set up. Um, and so that's what I did. You know, I set up a prayer closet. I had a closet inside my house where, you know, I would just go in and, you know, it, I even had like stickies on the on the wall. <laughs> Probably kind of geeky, but I had a uh, stickies on the wall and just like scriptures that stuck out to me. Um, I would just post them on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I did. I mean, obvi the obvious, the other obvious thing is, you know, go to church, um, and was involved in there and groups and things like that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was the start of it. Obviously that's not the entirety of my healing. Um, heck, even whenever I went to BSSM and BSSM, I was already divorced. Let's see. So 15, I went to BSSM in 18. So this was three years after, after my separation that I even got even more healing while I was at BSSM um, from that relationship. So, I mean, it's, it's a journey for sure, but that's what I can share is just the word. I mean, his word just spoke to me so much during that time. So much Proverbs was so good. <laughs> Come on. I love it. Bill Joseph yeah. says like, if you're having a hard time, read the, uh, no, oh no, I'm sorry. He says the Psalms read the Psalms until yeah. you find your voice. Like it like yeah. gives your voice to how you're feeling. Um, yeah, that's good. The Psalms are really good too, though. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like those are neck and neck <laughs> anytime you're going through something bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. so good. Did anybody else want to weigh in on that? Because I have another question to ask as well before we move on. No, good. Okay, so obviously you guys, Justin, I'm sorry, you can just hang tight for a sec because I got another question on this. I feel like... Um, the panel's been put together very specifically for today. And I just want to touch on this again, um, this topic again, because I'd like to ask you guys, what would you say is the best way to divorce proof your marriage? So now you're, you're on the other side of things of like, hey, here are some things that went wrong. These are the things that, you know what, we weren't prepared for. Um, you know, we really didn't understand at the time. If you could give singles watching this the best way to ensure that they divorce proof their marriage or make or, or really go hey this is what I would recommend if you don't want to end up in this place um here are some things to really keep in mind consider make sure you do whatever those kinds of um insights are I think this is such an amazing opportunity that we can actually glean from your experience in and so I'm just going to open that up to whoever wants to take the floor Marcus you haven't spoken yet how about you go first and then Darren uh, yeah, I would say um, the biggest thing is to um, really figure out your identity first. Um, it starts all the way back in dating. So, you know, if you're finding your, ident your identity in your um, the person that you're dating, going into marriage is not going to fix that. Um, you really got to find your identity in Christ first. You got to have this solid. Because the thing is, is, you know, you know, Christ tells us to love our spouses as he loves the church. And... Um, that means laying your life down. So that means 
understanding that you are solid in the Lord. And then if your spouse is having a hard day, it's not going to affect you. You're not codependent. You know, having your identity solid, it defeats that codependence. And codependence is, I think, the, the biggest killer of marriages long term because um, it's such a sneaky thing because it feels good. It feels good to just be holed up in your house with your spouse, you know, and just watching Netflix or whatever together. But, um, you know, if you can actually be uh, a fully present person who is solid in, in who you are, what you want, how you communicate, you're not afraid to communicate your feelings, you're not af- afraid to communicate, um, you know, what your needs are, um, then that sets up, you get, it sets you up for success because um, you're doing your best part, you know, and then it's up to them to show up as well um, in that way as well. So that's what I would say. So good. No, I love that. That's a really good point about codependency. Um, Darren, did you want to weigh in on? Yeah, um, it's funny because Marcus said a little bit of what I was thinking, you know, where uh, Jesus says, you know, husbands, you gotta love your wives as Christ loved the church. Um, but yeah, it, it all boils down to identity at the end of the day. Um, for me, it's it goes back to, you know, loving your neighbors, you love yourself and, you know, husbands love your love your wives as Christ loved the church. Well, in both of those scenarios, you have to know how much God loves you first before you can go love anybody else. And you've for me, you've got to receive that love from him. But um, the other thing that I would say um um, to add on top of that would just be, what does love look like practically? Like, what can I practically do to show my love um, to my wife? And, you know, a lot of this plays out really well. Like, I mean, I'm a father, so I have two little girls. Um, so this, this is something that I'm growing in, you know, every time I have them is, you know, what are some practical things I can do to show my daughters that I love them. You know, it could be something as simple as taking them to movies on Tuesday nights, um, or it can be a big thing. Like recently, my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, she uh, she doesn't get a ton of big gifts, but there was one thing that she had really been asking for. And I don't always like go, go all out um, just because it's, for me, it's like, I want to love them all throughout the year um, as much as I could. But this one thing I, I realized it was really big to her and it was just a guinea pig she had been wanting a kitty she had been asking for a guinea pig and you know typically I'm like "Ah, you know let's do something else you know that's that's a big responsibility and the other thing was like well she hasn't really grown in responsibility but I really really felt the Lord say no this is this has nothing to do with her having a guinea pig it's the message that is conveying to her um so it's and that's what I mean like just the intentional things that you can do um, to just show your love to them. Um, I love the book. Um, I've actually never read it, but I love the book. Um, five, the five love languages. The reason I say I love the book is because everybody asks me about it all the no time. I've never they, read it, but everyone knows all about it. hundred Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just being raw here. I mean, I'm just yep. saying, I love the book. I've never read it, but I love it. Um, cause of everything, well, because of everything that everybody's told me they've gained from it. I'm like, you know what? That's awesome. Um, and it's very practical. I love it. But yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Um, number one, you know, just know how much you are loved by God. Um, and that, that ties in with identity, like with what Marcus was sharing. 
Um, and then number two, what are some practical things you can do to show your love to, uh, to your spouse? So good. Love it. Yeah, I'll jump in too. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned this a little bit in my, in the last broadcast, but it's worth noting because there's so much more to unpack, but uh, Adam, God, God took Adam who was a partner chooser through the, through the process of having to eliminate um, three classifications of beings that weren't going to function for, for him as a spouse. Um, he chose, he, he had to, he had to eliminate them and they were part of the process of him going through his loneliness and then discovering there's no partner. It says really clearly in Genesis three, no part in Genesis two, no partner was found for him, but um, they were the, uh, uh, the wild animals, wild animals are not fit for pulling a yoke. Um, they were the birds of the air. Birds of the air are not grounded. They're, they're apt to fly, um, to fly from trouble. And then the third one are domesticated animals, which are um, pretty codependent and don't have a sense of self. And, um, and Adam had to actually go through and eliminate those creatures and go, this isn't going to be a good partner. And in, in our day and age, that's both spouses get to choose that. Both genders get to choose that. So this is not a man, male, female thing. It's both. But but there's a sense in which the creatures in of themselves did not have the ability to function within what he would need for a covenant relationship. And then Eve shows up and he goes, oh, you're the one, you're flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. And so I think, I think choosing someone who's grounded, choosing someone who's been through the fire and won't flee at the first sign of trouble, choosing someone who doesn't have sort of a unrestrained nature where they're just going to fight any kind of yoke. They're going to fight partnership. They're going to fight working together. And there, there are people that like that. There are people that just are more into empowerment than they, than they ever would be about pulling a yoke together as a team. And we just, you know, it could be a process they're going through. Maybe it doesn't mean it's going to be long-term, but it's something that that's worth considering. And I also think, um, um, going, having someone who's been tested by the fire is also a good sign. You know, um, Abraham Servit shows up in, uh, in, in the city of Nahor to actually find a wife for Isaac. And he doesn't say anything about her beauty. He doesn't look at her beauty. He actually says, Lord, I'm going to put this fleece before you. Let's find out who the servant is. And Rebecca comes out and she's got this picture and she's holding it on her shoulder. And, and he says, will you, walk, will you give me a drink? And she says, will I? Of course I will. I'll give you a drink and I'm going to water your camels. And there's this heart of service that comes through in that passage so clearly. And I think sometimes our eyes get on the other things, you know, that are, that are sometimes over, over emphasized when we need to look at hearts of service and things like that. So. So good. Oh, Justin has something to say. Okay, Justin, go for it. I'm excited to hear as a single a single bachelor, how what are some ways that you found to divorce-proof your marriage? Because honestly, yeah, you don't have to go through it to have heard about it, learned from it, seen other people. So go for it. Yeah, um, this is actually from the uh, pre-marital course I took, uh, DTR, um, when Jason Valentin um, uh, spoke on this topic. And it's something I treasured. And it's pretty much being intentional in your marriage with healing. Um, he highly recommended to, for an example, every quarter, go to marital counseling, regardless if you think you need it or not. A lot of people wait until they're disastrously sick to go to a doctor. They wait until their engine breaks down before they see a mechanic. 
they but people don't do the same thing when it comes to their mental health or for their marital health so the advice that i've been given constantly is keep on going after growth keep on going after love keep on attending classes seminars counseling therapy individual and together and it's recommended that your marriage will hold very well when you get that kind of counsel so good yeah no that's 100 true like we have come back to you darren um we have <laughs> um i'm sorry i got i got distracted by that and then nick's going i don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> i don't know if you guys have ever seen that but <laughs> That's why we were laughing during. <laughs> um, oh no, I got distracted. Oh yeah, so that's like one thing we're doing is we go to, um, we did premarital counseling with a few people, uh, with a couple. And then they actually agreed to do counseling with us every week um, for a year. So every Tuesday night we go over to their house, they meet with us and we talk through things. Um, and Cause I think that is a really awesome way to set up your marriage to succeed, have other people weighing in bringing up things, bringing things to light, helping you walk through healing, walk through conflict, walk through offense, um, not offense, but offense and a accent sometimes <laughs> help you walk through offense, just breaking down walls. Okay. I'm getting distracted, but um, Nick had some, Nick had a few things to share. Um, obviously he has gone through a divorce as well. And so babe, what would you say are things? Cause now we're, we actually are on the other side of like, Hey, you've been remarried now. How do you walk through divorce proofing your marriage um, or the things that, you know, maybe didn't work last time that you're like, hey, this is what we're going to be intentional about? Yeah, um, I think one, it's connection, right? Um, especially for me, like I, I was just really passive uh, in my first marriage. And um, so this time around, it's, it's, fighting for connection um, and not fighting to be right, especially in an argument, but like, Hey, what's like, where's our heart at here? Um, mm -hmm. How do we, how do we connect right now? Yeah. You know, um, how do we connect after a really long day of work? Um, how do we connect when we're stressed? Um, and, and so I just think connection is key. Also like just checking in like Marcus, Marcus hit on a, a really key thing. It's really easy to get super comfortable in dating and in marriage. And you just come home and you throw on Netflix and you just sit and you chill. But like actually checking in with the person every day and more than just like, hey, how was your work day? Right? Like um, Beck and I have four questions that we ask each other every day. Uh, what do you need to bring up with me? Um, what do you need from me? Uh, what's the Lord, how's the Lord speaking to you today? And how have I loved you well? Um, and you we, remember them all. I was we, like, how's this going to go? And we, and we always end on how, how have I loved you well? That way, when there is hard how stuff. How have you loved me well? Yeah, how have you loved Please me well? We always end on how, how have I loved you well? Um, that way it can always end on a positive. Yeah. It can always end in encouragement. And you can always choose something to where that person has loved you well that day. Like, can you though? You can. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You uh, said it. It's <laughs> um, always a way. And then, you know, like 
knowing and then you know like just in counseling right now with you know we you know marital counseling um figuring out hey like there there are messes that beck is walking through that she didn't create right so when i get triggered and it really has nothing to do with her she has grace and when i feel triggered and it has nothing to do with her i have grace um and because that will come up that is quite a thing that we've we've discovered that um there are things that don't come up in dating and engagement that will come up in marriage um when you've been married before especially i'm sure it's the same when you've dated but especially when you've, you've been in covenant with someone like you've been super close to them things come up in in marriage that you just would never have expected um and maybe even thought hey i've had 100 healing in this area yeah yeah thanks yeah. babe that was so good mm -hmm. um but yeah there's definitely connection and um like even just now we were watching the office before coming to do this and we paused it come on the office any other fans here i love it i'm just introducing yeah. nick i'm just introducing nick to it because he's never seen it like through and so only since I, we started watching it together has he been like watching it and um but we paused it and we're like hey how's your day like let's oh <laughs> Marcus, love it <laughs> um but yeah it's only from uh you know we paused it so that we could actually have some connection time and be like hey let's be intentional we go for walks we're checking in with each other's hearts because you know what we've been married four months and it would be really easy to just come home and like putter around watch tv go to bed um you have to like marcus was saying be intentional about connecting um seeing each other's hearts like you know checking in about your day having good communication we do our check-in because our communication was rubbish it would it would um we would bury something bury something bury something and then we're yelling about like i don't know batteries in the remote missing or something that's just that's an example i made up but it's so real <laughs> Because you're yelling about something silly, um, because actually there's been <laughs> there's been something else going on the whole time, and so we decided, hey, we need to check in daily to be like, do you have anything to bring up with me? Like, let's just nip it in the bud straight away, um, and that's been a really good way for us to work on our communication skills, work on loving each other well, asking what do you need? Because most of the time I'm thinking, oh, he needs X, Y, and Z, and he doesn't even care about that. That's not his love language. His love language is all around words of affirmation, um, quality time. Whereas I'm like, I mean, I said I love you today, like you know, like it just doesn't come naturally. And so unless he's telling me what he needs, I actually, <laughs> it's words of affirmation is not high on my list, people. Um, for myself, like I just don't receive love that way, so it's harder to give it. But when he's like, hey, this is what I need from you, I can be like, oh, okay. So for the next day, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, <laughs> Justin, <laughs> I'm sorry. The boys are messaging in the chat, and it's pretty funny. I wish you guys could see. What are you gonna say? Um, I just, yeah, words of affirmation. Um, you know, Beck will acknowledge that it's not her strong suit, but like, there are lots of days I. Justin's shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> there, 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 there are day, lots of days I come home and there's little post-it notes um today was str strategically placed uh that just yeah like are just kudos to me and it means so much you know and so um and we have to get out of being selfish in dating and in marriage 
right? Like we want the other person like to serve us. And, um, and like, how do we get lower than the other person? Like, how do we, how do we go beneath them and lift them up? And how do we keep trying to outserve each other and keep trying to outlove each other? And it sounds so great. Until you have to do it. Until you have, <laughs> until you have to do it. And, it. and it can be really challenging. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We could preach on this forever, but we have a podcast for that. That's our outlet. Darren, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's really good, by the way, uh, Nick, what you're sharing. That's so, it's so key. It really is. Um, yeah, to just like, to just, I'm going to tell in on what he just said. Um, I love how Chris says, um, if you're looking at what you can get from marriage, you're not ready to get married. Um, and I think that's so important. Um, when you, when you realize your mindset is what can I bring, you know, to this woman, you know, what value can I bring to this woman or, or what could I do for her? Um, I feel like you're ready. And, you know, people are like, oh, you know, who does that? That's not, that's not a thing. Well, no, it is a thing. Um, I guarantee you a lot of the men on this, probably all the men on this, um, on this uh, Zoom would probably say the same thing. No, yeah, I'm looking forward to what I can do for my wife, not necessarily what can she do for me? Um, I, there's not a doubt in my mind that these guys are thinking that. Um, so yeah, Nick, that was a great topic. Um, the other thing I would say, um, it just came to mind is having, having a, man, you've got to really have a strong tribe. You really do. Um, even if it's just one couple, um, like you need to have someone that you both can be raw with um, that you both can open up and share, um, things that have happened. Um, because the other thing is, um, you, you know, don't necessarily need like a covering per se, like you're not a Christian unless you have a covering, not necessarily that, but I would say probably the best way to put it is like a safety net. So like, you need to have that safety net couple, like where if there's anything that I'm going to tell you this now, because, I don't know if anybody's ever shared this, but there are going to be things that you cannot do on your own with you and your spouse. There's just, that is a, that is a thing and you need to be aware of that. So the reason you need to be aware of that is so that what you set, you, you guys set yourself up with a safety net couple to where when those things come up that you cannot do alone, you can go to that couple. Or even if it's, even if it's like a pastor, um, it's really important to have those things um set up in place before something actually does happen and you're like wow we don't know what to do and then you don't have anybody to go with and the worst the worst thing about it is you got to sleep in the same house you know so it's like you can't you can't just escape from it but had you had like a safety net set up like you could at least get to it pretty quickly um and you have the right people you have the right influence over it um that's honestly that's that's what I would say. Yeah. So good. I love that. Community is so, let me just, I'm going to highlight that. Community is so important. Guys, if you don't have commu community um, around you, community encouraging you, like being there as a support, because there will be things that will come up in marriage. Like you were saying, Darren, 
you just don't have the capacity or the this knowledge or the tools to tackle. And that's when it's amazing to turn to people. And so I love that going into marriage, I would say it's really important to have those people in place um, even beforehand. So it's like, oh, we have our support system. Leif, yes, last thing on this question, then I want to go into the next one. Yeah, I'm just a circle rack around. The original question is, what can we do to to divorce proof our, our our next relationship? And you know, let let the Lord bring him or her. You know, if you're watching this and and you have anxiety, um, there's lots of reasons why we have anxiety. It can be that we're getting older or aging, and and you feel like your time has passed, and um, or you can feel just like. Um, uh, maybe you've attracted the wrong people before. Um, just trust the Lord that He will provide someone for you, and let Him bring you to it. Doesn't mean you won't have a, an active role in participating with it. It just means don't go out and be so driven that that you're you're you're. You, we see God escorting Eve to Adam and saying, "Here's your gift. Here's your gift." And Adam is completely asleep. He's not aware of how she's getting created he's not standing over the table saying god i want her to have blonde hair and i want her to you know like he, he doesn't get to do any of that he just gets to be asleep and i think there's a thing where god knows what you want he knows what you're going to be attracted to who you're going to be attracted to the the values of the person that are going to mesh with you for partnership and just allow him to bring her or him and then partner with that and take the active role of partnering with it, but let him make the first step. Let him make the first step. However that looks in your dating process, to be able to say, God, you made the first step in this move. And if you can do that, there's a humility that comes. And so just want to bless you with that. Yeah. And I'm going to add on to that leaf. Um, while you are waiting, uh, work on yourself, uh, go to the gym. Like, like it's, I see, I see a lot of, of, men and women that are like complaining about, you know, not finding their spouse. They keep getting turned down for dates. It's like, okay, what are you doing to make yourself uh, desirable though? You know, like, well, I'm a son of God. It's like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of sons of God. <laughs> it's like, go to the gym, you know, uh, you know, get athletic, take care of your body, be healthy, you know, eat well, um, got, make healthy habits, you know, and then trust in the Lord on top of all that, that he's going to bring the right person. In the meantime, become the best version of yourself in him. And you can't lose. Yeah, Great I love point. that. Yeah. So good. I, I think I think there's not enough emphasis on that kind of stuff. And we're not saying you have to be the fittest or you know um, toned or anything like that. But there is a practical element that people are naturally attracted to healthy people. <laughs> um, you know, or you. Well, I mean, I guess you also attract what you are. So some people who aren't as healthy are also attracted to less healthy people, but if you're working on yourself inside and outside, it's irrespective of how you actually look. But um, guys, you can probably speak to this. Men appreciate the effort, right? Like it's, we don't change for them. We don't, you know, I, I think it's a lie that we have to look physically perfect to attract a mate, um, which I'm like, oh, I thought I had to be like toed and have my abs and like be super tanned. And it was just ridiculous. That's super not true. But there is a sense, guys, maybe you can speak to this, that when you see a woman who takes care of her body, um, you are naturally drawn to her. And I'm saying body, mind, soul, spirit, like she's thriving. Um, you know, she's having going after healing in her heart. She, you know, is exercising. She's drinking water, like whatever it is. Um, that is really appealing in the natural. And obviously then God comes in and steps in and does something. But we see people who have, 
stinking thinking. They can be girls or guys who you're like, oh, that's super unattractive or someone who just really has let themselves go. Um, and again, it's not to shame anyone, but often it has, like we know people, um, guys who, you know what, they don't love themselves. So they just do not take care of themselves at all. And, and, but they really want to be married. Um, and, and we're like, Hey, like the way you present yourself really shows that you actually don't love yourself that much. You don't care that much about your body. And so how can you love somebody else as you love yourself? If you don't love yourself yet, (laughs) you know, like work on your heart, the things will naturally come. Um, and I think maybe we can talk a little bit to this. I want everyone to hear our heart because it can be a little bit of a, of a, touchy subject of like hey just work out and get fit and you know that's not what we're trying to say um i'm hearing your heart marcus beyond actually the words but it's it's body soul and mind yeah yeah it's a a mindset thing yeah i really one of uh, our mentor uh he says that we attract what we're like what what we're what we are like Mm -hmm. so how can we like how can we expect to like we want this if like if we're a two or a three, but we want a perfect 10, like how can we expect that? Like it's, it's an unreasonable expectation if we're not working on ourselves. You know, if we want this like full package, somebody that takes care of themselves, goes to the gym, loves Jesus, has a great job, is successful, but we're not doing any of that ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, how, like how can we expect that? Yeah. Gosh, that seems so selfish. And it seems like something we touched on a little earlier when it was, Hey, what can this person give me instead of what can I give this person? Yeah, come on. You know, and if if I don't love myself enough to take care of myself, like how like how am I going to love them well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that doesn't even look like going to the gym. Like it can be just exercising, walking, just things that show that hey, I'm actually looking after my well being. I just want to pause um, because we've got some comments coming in. Hello, Eric. Eric says, "What up, guys? Nick is a total stud." Thanks, Eric. <laughs> we love Eric. Eric, you should totally join us. I don't know why you're not on this chat right he now. He should be on this. I know. I know. You have so much to offer. Eric is amazing and he's done panels with us before and he is a source of wisdom. So Eric, if you're listening to this, the link is in our in our messenger chat. You are welcome to jump on if you're free. Um, but yeah, let's go back to that because I feel like this is something that we don't really talk about because there's there's kind of two camps. Um, when it comes to dating, it's the, I have to do nothing and God will just magically drop this person on my doorstep. So he doesn't like it when I'm gesture. Um, and, <laughs> or, um, I do everything, you know, and I have to make it happen, make it happen. And I want to say that the tension of doing anything with the Lord is in the middle. So God calls us to, um, you know, be a doctor. Great. We still have to do the eight to 10 years of, uh, university in order to do that, but we can partners with our faith. And we get to do this together. And so I feel like a lot of people sabotage themselves. Um, they want to be married. And, and you know, there's people that are in their path that would be really good mates for them. And I feel like the Lord would speak to and bless them. But because they have um, issues in their life that they need healing in, they have a lot of hurt, they have bitterness towards men, which just repels people like crazy. Um, you know, they're, they're maybe not looking after themselves. You can tell they don't love themselves. That is a a really quick way a really I guess think something that you control to like control the bit that you can control I guess I don't know if there's a better way of saying it control the controllables of like I'm going to put my effort in and then trust God to do the rest I'm going to bring my best self 
and really go after healing and wholeness. Um, so I have so much to give to a relationship um, and then trust God to do the rest. Are you going to say something? I can hear you taking a breath about to say something. <laughs> um, all right. So I want to go on to the next question I have for you guys. This is transitioning away from the divorce topic and marriage. Um, Cause I feel like there'll be people watching this um, and I feel like that that has brought so much wisdom. So I want to thank you guys for that. But what I'm wondering now is um, let's talk about levels of vulnerability. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but have you ever had a, a, a girl? And we're going to talk about girl perspective more than, than guys, but I want to hear your take on it as well. But um, you know, it's your first date and she tells you her whole life story, you know, her blood type, you know, her, her father, sister's aunt's cousin did this thing that really hurt, like hurt her feelings, whatever it is. Um, and it's the first date. And I think that's something that um, the more girls I speak to, the more we're working through like emotional boundaries, vulnerability, pacing. Hey, when do I share things? When do I, when's not the right time? And when is the right time? And so um, my question is kind of twofold. I'd love to know from you guys, what things do you think are appropriate for a woman to share when you're at the like the first date, initial dating kind of place, then when you're at the um, like, hey, we've entered a relationship, hey, we're married, uh, we're engagement, and now we're working towards marriage kind of thing. Um, and then what's what's actually, you know what? This is inappropriate. Like this is like too far down. Uh, like this is too much information, too soon. And then I want, I would really love you guys to speak also on like your part. Like, have I overshared? Um, what, what do I do to keep myself in check that I'm not, um, that I'm guiding my heart and not giving too much away. I hope that's, I hope that's clear. So kind of, yeah, Justin's ready to go. Okay. Hang on a second. <laughs> He's like, let me at it. Let me at it. I haven't spoken. It's all been about marriage. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of the two part, like the girl coming to you and then what you give back in order to guide your heart as well. Justin, go for it, bud. Okay. I have a a light story. Um, I dated a girl uh, five years ago or so. I, I don't remember how long it was. But on our first date, she tells me everything, like the darkest stuff I have literally ever heard in person. And I have my own story, my own stuff. And I was um, super uncomfortable for the first day. I attempted the best I could to be optimistic or tried to guide the conversation in other avenues. And she kept on um, bringing it back to the same stuff over and over and over again. Um, I just did not like it. it. It really, and she, and she was a nice girl. She was a pretty girl. She was very nice, very kind, like, um, but that is just something that just stuck out. It just, um, it was, a, it was a huge turnoff. And I actually struggled with the same concept um, immensely. Because um, again, I have my own dark story. And there's a certain point in time where you start to acknowledge, why am I actually sharing it with this person? What's the real reason? Am I actually trying to tell them about me? Or do I want pity? And it's, it's just a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a real thing that people unknowingly do. So I, I secretly wanted pity. I wanted people to um, like pat me on the head saying, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that and stuff like that. And I actually had to come, 
really go into this kind of topic, when is it actually appropriate to share? I used to tell my story, the full story to anybody that would listen, but it, but it, the, the main reason was it was kept inside in me for so long. As soon as the floodgates got released, I told everybody everything. And it was really from a space of being unhealthy. And I can actually tell now when somebody else has the same thing very easily. And uh, I'm just better. At, but for that, for that girl in particular, um, I'm actually not afraid of people's messes at all. I'm not afraid of hearing their story. I'm not, a he I'm not afraid of their darkest details. I'm not. But I did acknowledge that on the first date, this was just grossly inappropriate. Yeah. And so can I ask why, what made it for you feels like such a turnoff? What made it, um, what, how did it represent how unhealthy that person was? Can you speak a little bit more into that? Um, for that in particular, it just showed me that she was like not healed at all. And, um, um, she was also just sharing too much of detail, too much. Like, um, th there are certain things she was saying that, like, I would read in like a horror film or something like that. Like, like, I'm being very careful to not say what she said, but there's just way too much detail on exactly what happened. I hope that I answered your question. No, that's really good. Um, Marcus, if you want to jump in. Yeah, so um, I'm obviously in the process of learning this too. Um, I have a very intense story as well um, involving like my my marriage and, and things like that. And um, I think I think it all comes down to like the level of connection that you have. Like, for instance, if if I'm on a date with a girl and and uh, she's talking about her life story, and her life story involves getting freedom from sex addiction, porn addiction, things like that. I'm going to connect with that. And I'm going to feel safe to share parts of my story. Now, I'm not going to go into the, the nitty gritty details because um, that I think there's levels to your story that you can that you can share. And as you get closer and closer with the person, then the level you get, you just start working down the levels, you know, and I think it's really a, an important thing on your own personal journey to figure out what those levels are. And to put up those gates, those little boundaries of like, okay, we've entered. This is the topical. This is the coffee section of my life, and we're gonna we're gonna hang out in here today. And then this is second date territory. This is third date territory. Okay, now we're actually dating, and so now I can start to expand this. And then you know, um, and then I would say within like I would say by by three months, I would be pretty much fully open with my whole my whole story, you know, um, because by three months I should feel safe enough with this person that they aren't going to reject me for my story because, you know, I mean, we all have an old man that died and passed away and we are not that person anymore. And we did a lot of screwed up things and, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say. I'd say like on your own, establish where your, where your boundaries are with your conversation, um, before you just jump into dating and you don't know how to do that. You don't know how to you just let the floodgates go like and and honestly like it's trial and error right so i i i kind of figured that out like as i was dating unfortunately i wish i would have kind of thought about that more <laughs> and processed that more with people um 
but you know, it is what it is. And I share what I share with people and they can either accept it or not. Um, and that's totally up to them. It's not my, you know, yeah. All I can do is learn from it. Yeah. And you're not in control of how they react to it. But I love that about um, having it said before you start dating, Hey, what am I going to let certain things know about like people know about me and it's not um that you're hiding anything but you're actually guarding your heart because you create this emotional attachment which actually isn't real attachment through vulnerability so you feel a lot closer than you are but you actually don't have any commitment yet and so it's it's like um creating emotional soul ties um i remember when danny silk i interviewed him and he was like it's like getting naked on the first date she's just like here's everything about me and um, he was like, guys, find that super off-putting. <laughs> you know, we don't need to know everything. You know, the, the, the first date can be lighthearted. You can pace. Mm-hmm. You can, like you said, Marcus, actually figure out ahead of time, okay, when am I going to share certain things? Because I need to make sure I'm guarding my heart. And I know if I'm having a super deep conversation, we're locking eyes and I'm telling you about like how this thing happened sexually in my past, my heart's going to start to get really invested in you, Right. We've all been mm-hmm. there. And actually, we're not committed to each other yet, if we're in the, especially in the early stages. And so making sure my level of vulnerability matches our level of commitment so that I'm actually safe and protected when I'm exactly. sharing. I remember having a, an ex-boyfriend who I said, do you want to know about like my sexual past, you know, before we make it official? And he actually said, yeah, you can tell me if you want to. Um, <laughs> looking through, you know, this, he's like, well, I'm, um he has heard it but he he has make a funny face um he's like you can tell me beforehand if you want to but if you would rather wait until we're in a relationship so that you feel safe and protected then let's do that because I want you to feel covered which I just thought was the most beautiful thing ever um so yeah I love that about pacing I feel like that's really good and you're guarding both your heart and the heart of the other person you gonna add something we uh Christian dating is is it's um it's pretty intense. Um, uh, I didn't I didn't grow up Christian, so I got to date outside of that, uh, outside of Christian dating, and I also got to do Christian dating. Um, one of the things I see in Christian dating that I would definitely like to change is um, if we could just go, hey, let's go out on a couple dates, and if we have fun, let's go out on a couple more. But we have this tendency to make it so high risk and, um, and like, oh, like, I have to tell this person everything about me. Um, like, I have to let the darkness into the light, you know, and, um, and there's a time and a place for that. Mm-hmm. But I, I seriously doubt, you know, and maybe Holy Spirit tells you otherwise, but most times, I think it's not going to be the first or second date. Like it's not going to be when we go out for coffee or we go mm-hmm. play putt putt, you know, and we're just trying to have fun and see if we even connect on, yeah. a, on a fun level. Yeah. You know, like, let's see if we connect on a fun level first before we start having these really intimate and hard and deep conversations. Yeah. You know, it's really good. Um, and if you, if you want fun and if you want, deep intimate conversations like you can you can have those conversations about the lord they don't have to be about like your childhood your past you know um like you can just start asking questions like hey what's god doing in your life like what did he speak to you today 
you know, but it doesn't have to like, we don't have to go out for coffee and feel like, oh, I've known this person their whole, like, you know, their whole life. Yeah. Or at least I know about their whole life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, it's just, yeah. uh, for me as a guy, I like that just seems a little overwhelming if, if a, if a girl does that, it seems more like, oh, am I on a date with you? Or am I like your emotional support person right now? My emotional support puppy. <laughs> well, I'm not a dog. I'm so. not. <laughs> but you know, like even when we started dating, there were things that we were like, hey, I'm in process and you're not the person I'm going to process this with. I'm actually going to go and speak to my people and you go and speak to your people. And then we're going to come together and this is when we were a little bit more down the track, like it wasn't the first couple dates. Um, well, I would say it was more engagement because we got engaged after like 12 days. But for those first 12 days, we did this really well and then through engagement as well until it felt appropriate to actually bring the stuff up because there were some things that like pretty, you know, just like about everything that was going on where we're like, oh, this is not the right time. But he has mentors. I have mentors. We're going to go talk to them and then we'll come together. So yeah, I really love what you guys are saying. I'm going to go on to another question because unbeknownst to me, people have actually commented on the original post that I put up in the, in the group. And I'm just seeing it now. Some have been commenting as we've been on. So yeah, I, I can see it. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally looking at it. Thanks, babe. He's so helpful. <laughs> okay. So men, oh, um, if two of you guys can answer this, what does it, um, what does pursue mean to you in the context of pursuing a woman? So we've kind of talked about this on our last um, men's panel, but does anyone want to shed a little bit of light of like what it means to you to pursue someone? Yeah, I'll go, go, go for it, Leif. Go ahead. You want to go, Marcus? I'll go. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'll, I'll so, go. yeah. So when I'm pursuing someone, it, it it's, it's really clear. There's no doubt about it. There's no games. It's like, Hey, um, yeah, like there would be no doubt in their mind that I'm interested in them. Um, as far as getting to know people, like in the very first beginning stages of dating, um, that would look like hitting them up to go do things like go to coffee or, or go to the lake or things with friends. Um, and then once I figure out, uh, if I have an attraction to them, um, on an emotional level, because obviously for me, it does start at the physical attraction. Like if I'm attracted to somebody, that's that's the beginning piece for me. Um, then I explore the emotional part. Then I figure out if we actually are a good fit, if we're compatible, if our sense of humor is the same, if we like the insane things. Um, and then once we, and that only takes like two to three dates. And then after that, um, if I'm, if, if I want to pursue, then I'm gonna, uh, it, it's very obvious. You just, there's no games. It's like, this is how I feel. I'm communicating all the time, you know, and this is where it is. Now, if you're going to keep it low stakes, you know, and you just want to get to know each other for a long period of time, because either you're not ready to be in a serious relationship and you just want to, you know, get to know people, then you just constantly communicate that. And, and you, you constantly uh, check in with each other. Like, Hey, how are you doing? How's your heart doing? You know, um, where are you at? Are you feeling okay? And then it's like, you just constantly communicate. And um, yeah, it's been very, very, um, it's been fun. It's actually been a really fun journey doing that um, because it just feels very safe. It feels, I know exactly where, what's going on. And then, you know, if the person is lying about where they're at, then, you know, that's, that is not my fault. Like I can't, I can't make someone be truthful 
I can only do my best to communicate exactly where I'm at at all times. And then, you know, if they show up in a different way, then, and they get hurt, you know, because they're, you know, wanting to um, keep something going, but, but they're not being honest about where their heart is. That isn't, that's where it like, it's like, Hey, like you're kind of tying my hands here. Cause we, I thought we agreed that constant communication is the deal here. So yeah, that's what I would say. So good. Yeah, no, I really love that. I, um, yeah, I think the problem sometimes is that women are like, I want a man to pursue me. And, and what you've touched on was really good when they like you, they will pursue you. But I think a lot of women thinking, Hey, I'm asking you out is me pursuing you. And that's a lot of the distinction that we've come to. Um, the more men I've spoken to, they were like, oh, no, when I'm asking you out on a date, it could be one, it could be three, it could be four dates, five, however long it takes. And I'm just gauging, do I like you enough to pursue you and then be intentional? My initial asking you to hang out is not my active pursuit. Um, yes, is that, <laughs> that means I'm interested. Everyone's <laughs> nodding their heads. That's something that I've not yeah. heard a lot, guys. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be talked about more. Yeah, the, the asking out means I'm curious. I want to get to know you more. I want to see if we are actually compatible. And then after that, it becomes very apparent. You'll you, you it's like night and day. Yeah. And and even more so for people who have been through marriage and divorce before, you just want to be so intentional about what you're doing and everything. And it doesn't mean you want to turn it into a mechanical process. I actually think this is the this is the tough thing about dating. I think for both men and women. Like we're so intentional here in, in sort of the revivalist culture, which is really great. And sometimes intentionality can really sometimes stifle just the organic nature of how relationships should work. And so like having to navigate that, figuring out how to be really intentional, but also how to be really natural and, and just kind of let things kind of just progress in a way that pleases God and in 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 it's an agreement with my heart and the other person's heart. But it's not so mechanical that it, it uh, the structure kind of overwhelms the relationship. And that's a, that's a, that's a tough thing to navigate. I think for anybody, especially if you've been through relationships. So um, I also just wanted to add that a, a guy that wants to pursue a woman, uh, nothing will stop him. Like really yeah. nothing. Guys will be foolish. I mean, I, I think about David saying this to God saying, um, I refuse to offer you something that was that which costs me nothing. And I think, you know, we don't worship women or women ought, ought not to worship guys either. But but there is a sense in which, you know, guys will look pretty darn foolish, you know, if they're interested in pursuing a woman and, and they're willing to look funny at times and, you know, be the butt of jokes if it if it that's what it takes to gain a woman's notice and approval. So, um, yeah, I think I think you guys just generally take longer time to figure out whether they are interested in those first few dates or kind of exploring an initial attraction, an initial opportunity, and then seeing what happens out of that. So. So good. I love that. I, I, I love that it takes the, you guys maybe a little bit longer, but then you're all in. It's like, this is, I'm going for it. Right. I, um, I think that's really good for women to be aware of that. You know what? If a man wants to date you, if he wants to be with you, he will pursue you. I hear so many women that I, that I speak to say things like, well, he, he shows up, you know, he messaged me every like once a week, you know, every other week and hey, he wants to hang out, but like he's just super, or I'm, I keep asking him, but he's super busy. 
And they, they have a lot of things like that to say. And eventually I'm just like, hey, if he wanted to hang out with you, he would. And I go, that that's the same for guys too. Totally. I, I hear it. I hear guys say that same thing. Oh yeah, well, like she messages me. Oh yeah, big time. She'll get back to me like like probably three days after I text her. Um, she says she wants to hang out, but like works a lot, like, like, or she like she just doesn't have time. We all make time for what's important to us. Totally. You know, we all have 24 hours in a day and we all make time for what's important to us. You know, so like if if you're putting the feelers out there and you're not getting a response back or, you know, um, it might just be time to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you guys have said, I'm talking from the girl perspective, but what he said is so accurate. Um, but yeah, if it's, it sucks, but like, Hey, if they really wanted you, they would, they would get you like, they would do whatever it took to try because you are that, amazing you know prize or you know that man's heart to like conquer and pursue and um go to victory and win the heart of the woman that he desires is so strong that oh my gosh if he if he did like you that would be he would be totally in that um justin you asked a question are there any exceptions to that um i don't know i guess you guys are better (laughs) i'm talking about men here from men's perspective but are there any exceptions i don't see it but marcus i would say the only exception could be if they're healing from something like they actually they're really attracted to you they think that you're amazing um but they're not prepared for a relationship yet um i think that would be that but like and i would say the exception is if they say something like you just said marcus Mm -hmm. you know um but like if you're like hey how is your how are you doing? What are you up to? And you don't get a response for three days. Oh, I'm good. You know, and the response you get is I'm good. Just really busy. Like, you know, that might be. Okay. Noted. Yeah. Yeah. I actually saw a meme once where it was like, um, say like, oh, thanks. A-W-W. Thanks. Is like the, the Christian girl version of like, you will never like kiss me or see me naked or like anything like that. Like, you know, and it was so funny because that night I literally had a guy message me and I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's 100% accurate. Like, you know, they write this whole big thing and you're like, sweet. You know, he's like, I don't, you, you don't want to continue the conversation, um, but you don't know what to do necessarily. And so obviously now I would tell them and be a lot more forthcoming. But at the time, I didn't have the tools that I have now. Um, guys, I want to switch to another question because they keep coming in and I'm really excited because obviously we want to hear what you guys have to say. So let me ask you, um, Rebecca asks, if a woman, uh, hang on, she's worded this, um, if a woman's interested in a man, how should she let him know without being off-putting? So if she likes a guy, how can she let him know without turning him off? Justin, go for it. And then Nick. Okay. Um, some guys may disagree with me and that's okay. I'm just telling you what mine is. I'm actually perfectly okay with women coming up to me and saying that they're interested like directly completely okay i'm even because i don't consider i don't consider that like taking the leadership role away from me i don't yeah um so i prefer that method all the time you want to believe what girls have some girls have told me of how they express interest that is so odd to me is like oh i liked one of your posts was like I, I never would correlate that to you're interested in me, like at all. The only way I would ever know for sure if I'm directly told. 
-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. How, what do you, how do you guys feel about that? Because I, I can see some of you nodding and some of you like, oh, I'm not so sure. So Leif, you un unmuted yourself. What do you have to say? Yeah, I, 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 no, I kind of agree. I'm, I'm okay with women um, coming up and just saying directly, you know, we should hang out sometime. Let's, let, let's, would you like to get coffee? I'm okay with that. Like, um, you know, women have great discernment sometimes. Sometimes women can see um, a connection or a possible connection that guys can't see. I know a lot of people with really successful marriages where the woman made the first attempt because she saw something in the guy's heart that resonated with her. And, and the guy was maybe just clueless in the moment, not looking at it. So um, I think I, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I, you know, there's so many different things that women can do that are just, they get, grab a guy's attention, you know, sometimes just close body contact, you know, <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. Hello. I'm just laughing because I'm more like, he was like interested in me, but I was like, didn't even notice him. And then one day I was like, Hey, and he was like, oh, moth to a flame. So yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Keep going. No, just like women do different things. I, I, I think about women that come up and sometimes they'll just, you know, that they, I've had women flirt where they'll, they'll just, you know, they'll touch your elbow or touch your shoulder. And it's not the kind of contact you would typically get from someone. And, and you can kind of tell they're expressing interest in you. They, they find you attractive. And so that, I mean, that to a guy, I mean, that's, that's a great window, at least to get to know him and get into their heart. So, um, you know, just things like that. I think also read the tea leaves too. And if you've expressed interest a couple times and he's not sure, he'll get back to you. If you continue to do it like eight or 10 times, then the guy probably, um, he'll find a great way to friend you. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and just disclaimer, we are not promoting witchcraft here. But yes, woo! <laughs> so. I'm just teasing you. I love it. Yeah, I, I know what you mean by that, totally. Marcus, did you have something to add? Yeah, I would say... Um... I, th I think definitely yes. However, I think, you know, as a single guy who is confident myself, you know, I'm a whole man, you know, I know myself really well. Um, when I see someone that I'm interested in, I kind of, I shoot my shot. And so, you know, if you know me and you're interested in me and I haven't, you know, shot my shot with you and you're also single, um, there's a good chance that I'm not interested in exploring that with you. Um, you know, and that's kind of the reality. So I'm when in my head, I'm kind of thinking with my mindset of like, okay, you know, men that are not passive are going to make that first move. Like they're not going to waste any time. They aren't scared of getting rejected. I'm not scared of getting rejected. Um, you know, I've, you know, it, it, it's cause it's not, it doesn't have any, it doesn't reflect anything on me. It could be where, whoever, wherever the other person's at, um in their life or whatever they're doing but um shoot if i am attracted to somebody and i want to get to know them i'm gonna ask them out like probably within like 10 minutes um because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like i just you know i i don't have they don't have the time for it i don't have the time for it like for the game thing i don't like playing in that little thing and then i'm not gonna miss my opportunity like if i actually like somebody and some guy and i wait because i'm like not sure you know because you know uh and then they get asked about by, by another guy um then that sucks you know and i miss out on my opportunity so yeah so like ladies i you know if you if you have a friend um you know that you're interested in you're not sure you know about 
asking them on a date. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if I would, I would ask that guy out. Cause it's like, they, you know, I mean, that's just, this is just me. It's like, it, it's a confidence thing. Like for me, I I'm all about confidence. And so, you know, if you're going to, if you, if you have known a guy and he's like kind of wishy-washy on both ends and he doesn't know what he wants, it's like, that's just, uh, that's just a recipe for getting hurt. Cause you know, I, you know, I, I know what I want and I know where I'm going after. And if I ask you on a date, like I'm interested, um, I want to get to know you and go from there. Um, but if I haven't asked you on a date, then that's probably not where I'm thinking. Um, and so, yeah. Um, but definitely like ladies, if you meet a guy and like, you just met him like 10 minutes ago and you think that he's attractive and you want to get to know about him, ask him on a coffee date, hundred percent. That's like, that's super attractive you know, and like, so forward and like, so confident and like, that would, that would be awesome, you know? Um, and then, uh, but you have to be okay with being rejected as well. Like you have to be okay with that. Like understanding that if you're going to, if you're going to put that out there, there is a good chance that they could say no. And you have to be okay with that. You, that can't wreck your world. You know, if you're not in that place where you are okay getting rejected, then you need to get to that place and you shouldn't be dating yet. So, you know, um, that's what I would say. Like, getting your identity solid here. I'm solid here. Nothing out here can hurt me. I'm good to go. Let's go on a date. Let's check out. Let's see how we are, you know, together. Let's see how we're compatible, you know? And yeah, so it's, it's just so, it's so much more low stakes like that. You know, it's, 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 it's and it's fun because you get to make friends because you figure out, oh, we're not, we're not dating material, you know, um, but we can be friends, you know, and stuff like that. So. So good, Marcus. I know Marcus has to run, but we are so appreciated. Uh, appreciative <laughs> for his um yeah for his input that was really good I love that because it's like yes you can ask but also he will pursue there's a tension right you don't know who the first who the guy is we've had mixed bag of answers here but I think the one thing we can all agree probably on is if you do ask him first the status quo has to change it can't right. be you pursuing the girl like like the girl pursuing the whole time hey let's hang out again let's hang it out you know, if you hang out, you have a good time, the status quo needs to change where, you know, biblically, here's the male, here's the leader. Sorry, I get what Nick's saying. I'm sorry. Um, you know, and, and that, you know, the heart of a man is to pursue. And so yeah. also we get to not take that away from them. Right. Um, and if and if you go on a date and he and he stops pursuing you and you notice that, like it's like it's the the con the little I'm doing good, nothing else he they you just in vibe and it's okay like move forward you're worth moving forward like you are worth finding someone that is actually going to pursue you and continue to go after you like don't sit there and like but he's so beautiful he's such a gorgeous man like i need to have him it's like no uh, a man that is emotionally attracted to you is a gorgeous man like that is some, someone that's going to pursue you like it, that is, that is what is attractive, you know? And, and same thing with, from guys to girls. It's like, if I go on a date with a girl who I think is beautiful and like, and is kind and sweet, but she doesn't message me back. Like I can, if I'm, if I'm codependent, I'm going to be hung on, I'm going to be hung on that line and I'm going to be just dragging along, just waiting, sticking every little breadcrumb. And then I'm going to feel emasculated and I'm going to be not f showing up my full version, full version of myself. And then it's just going to damage me. And it's like so subtle. It's like, it's, it's gross. I hate it. <laughs> it's gross. I hate it. <laughs> anyway, I got, I do got to get going. So, uh, I love you guys. Yeah, I'll, uh, awesome, I'll see you Matthew. around. Thank you. Um, All right, I think something. <laughs> Bye. Um, 
Also, I think one thing I would add is that if he's not interested, he is not a conquest. He is not something to, um, I'm going to make him come around. I'm going to dress really sexy and I'm going to, I'm going to manipulate the situation. I'm going to play games. I'm going to put myself in his way. I'm going to get myself subtly invited to his parties because I'm going to get to know his roommate and their friends. And then eh, there's a lot of like, I used to do not that kind of stuff, but like think things through like this. And I know that I just thought I was being strategic, but actually it's a form of manipulation because I'm trying to manipulate the situation. I'm trying to change the results um, of what he has said and where he said his heart is at to kind of make it more favorable towards my direction. So um, that's a, a little caveat there. We've had a few more questions come in. Um, I really do. There was one that I really thought was good. Um, I mean, they're all good, but there was, there's two left to ask and then um, we're going to call it, call it a night. So if two of you guys can answer each of these questions would be awesome. Um, so Joanne says, I have a question. What are your thoughts on God has the one? Where it's very clear this is your spouse without knowing each other long versus I get to know the person to see if this is the person I want to marry. So I'm really interested in what you guys have to say about this because I think we're going to have some differences of opinion um, and I think that's good. So who wants to, Darren, I'll go ahead not and jump in. yet, go for it. Or yet or in a while. No, I have, I have spoken. Just had, I mean, yeah, that's what I meant, like in a little bit. But yeah, you've definitely made yeah, yourself it's, known. It's been a You're bit. Awesome. <laughs> no, um, I would man there's it, it's yes yes and yes um yes there are some people where god you know says hey this is the one i mean it's it's i mean it's actually happening amongst bethel leaders but there's also been the opposite where you know god's like giving you full reigns you know it just really it really depends upon what the Lord is speaking to you and like just being so in tune with him. You know, the thing about it is um, I love this. I love this scripture. Um, it's Jesus's words. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And it's so beautiful because it's, you don't, you don't have to guess whether or not you can hear God. No, if you're his sheep, you hear him. Um, so that, that's what I would say is like, you know, what is, what is he saying? What is the Lord saying? And the other thing is, are you in a season to where you can date? I mean, it just, it just might be where God's put you in a season where, or called you to a season rather, um, where you're not, it's not dating time. This isn't dating season. This isn't, uh, <laughs> this isn't um, hunting season. Sorry, had to say it. <laughs> it's not hunting season, okay? This season is you're going to eat what you've got right now and you're going to, you know, get prepared for hunting season, but it's not hunting season yet. Don't go get your hunting license. Stay home, get prepared. Watch watch uh, hunting videos or whatever. <laughs> Just kidding, don't do that. It's not going to help you. Don't watch Bachelor or Bachelorette. It's not going to help. He's saying buy the camo. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never see me coming and then I'll pounce on her. Oh, this is gonna this is gonna get real bad real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so um when it comes to the one, right? Especially mm -hmm. I think us divorce guys could could maybe uh, could touch on this. Like um I don't really I don't believe that there's just the one, 
Because then, like, if there's just the one, and I'm only destined to be with this one person, then I'm not the one. Well, no. Where, like, <laughs> well, was she the right one? Yeah. Where yeah. does God's love come into that? Yeah. A free yeah. will. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Where, where does free will come into that? Um, and and like, I believe that God will bless. Um, like, God will bless the fruit that you cultivate. You know, um, and you know, um, like I believe I believe that God wants us to be married. I believe yes. that very few of us have the gift of singleness. Um, <laughs> I did uh, not have that. I, no, like, I, I don't have that. I do not have this. Yeah. My loins are burning. I do not have this gift. Um, <laughs> But gosh, it just seems, it just seems so risky, like the one, right? Then like, I don't know. Like, I, I think like what happens when you're five years down the road into marriage and, you know, like finances maybe suck, kids are going crazy and you're going, is this the one? Did I God, hear wrong? Is this really what you had for me? Is this really the person that you wanted me to be with? Yeah. Like, you know. Um, it's when a lot of people say they heard him wrong and then they get divorced. Right. As well. Like, I don't, I don't want to take God fully out of dating, but I don't want to over-spiritualize it. Over, yeah, over it and then blame God that, like, like, this was the wrong person for me. Yeah. You know? Um, like, I think as us, us three men being divorced, like we could go like, okay, so like, was my first wife was, was, was she the one? And now like, I've shot my shot and that's all I get, you know? Um, like, I, like, I don't think so, you know? And like, I'm, <laughs> I'm your silver yeah, medal. <laughs> I know, not at all. Um, <laughs> which, which that, it's, it's funny you bring that up, but that also is another conversation and another topic in and of itself. Like, yeah. oh, you know, do you only get one shot at marriage? Because, you know, we, we both know, you know, there's certain denominations out there, you know, where they teach, yeah. hey, if you've been divorced, you can't ever get married again. You've got to go to the grave single. Right. Um, but yeah, anyways, but I where, just thought that was. But where is God's grace in that? That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, we know, don't believe that, by the way. there were there were definitely things that like i prayed for in a wife and and i found i found them all in back i mean to the funny one of like i'm at bethel and there was an australian girl uh doing the announcements and i was like oh i really like an australian accent god it'd be really cool to marry an australian girl and I mean, in this, like, this was not like, right. Taylor May. I didn't like, this was like <laughs> two years before I knew Beck, like, you know, mm -hmm. but just like his sense of humor of like, Hey, um, like, I love your request. I think that's so funny. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and you like, you've been doing like, you've been co-laboring with me in, in healing your heart and, um getting yourself ready for your future spouse i just want to i want to bless those things yeah. you know i want to put those signs in place of like yes marry this girl mm -hmm. yeah and and those of you who are familiar with our story 
it's so hard because yes i had somebody prophesy somebody i really respect in the prophetic say you will be married in six months and we saw all these signs to the point if you listen to my podcast i talk about it more um you know when i was young i always said my husband's name would be nick like always and that's literally his name and so there were things that were planted in there and i believe the lord knew who i was going to marry but i also think this is something that people mishear the lord on more than anything else um i think it's so easy it's like when you pray through an idol you hear from the idol you're meant i'm you're the one for me i'm supposed to marry you and then marry someone else they're not the one for you and i would i would actually challenge if you hear god so clearly then you should be prophesying every day online you should be having the most amazing prophetic ministry of your life because it seems like people only hear god really clearly about their spouse but they don't get their other words right or they're not actually having incredible prophetic ministry so first of all that's something that i'm like really passionate about but then the other thing is yes i felt the lord on him um but it was still very much a choice i knew at any point in time i could turn away and say this isn't what i want for my life I don't choose him. And there were some times in engagement where it was super stressful, super hard. And I was like, am I going to choose into this? I know, Lord, this is something that you're opening the door and I feel like you're on it, but I know I could say no at any time. And, and I would totally be like loved by you, supported by you. Like it would be fine. And so God spoke to us through that entire, entire thing. So I actually think it's both. And I believe that God will speak to you about whoever you're meant to be with, but I actually think it happens through getting to know them and going through the process. And I saw signs with my last boyfriend. I believe God was speaking to me and I was like, is he going to be the one? And then actually on a fundamental level, we were just really incompatible. <laughs> and so that was a human to human level. Um, and I actually misinterpreted the signs. I was like, oh, he's saying this and I'm seeing these like, you know, cause I see so many people and they rush into marriage because God told them. And then it's like, oh, I actually don't like this person at all. Oh, did I, was God saying something else? Like we misinterpret him for other things in our life. You know, he's saying this is going to happen and we think it's tomorrow, but really he means in 10 years, but we've just misinterpreted the word. And so I, I really think that um, even though we was, we, we had a word, um, I would really be cautious with creating a whole life around it. For one, I would be absolutely wanting to get to know the person I, uh, we felt the timing and everything like that. But now we even think, hey, it was probably wisdom. If we like wisdom to wait, we see why the wisdom was in waiting. But we also felt like God was saying, do it now. But we also knew we had a way out <laughs> and we didn't have to get married. And our marriage is so much stronger because we chose into it. It's not something we were forced to do. Like how much more beautiful is it that, hey, I actually chose you when I didn't have to rather than God told me, so I just had to marry you. And I think a lot of people want God to tell them because it takes the hurt out of dating. It takes the risk out of dating. It takes the risk out of getting to know people. And it actually um, gives them a sense of control. But I also want to hazard, um, like, I guess more of a word of caution is that if God says it, like you audibly hear his voice, um, usually he tells you that because you're going to need that word later on because it's going to be super hard <laughs> and there's going to be things that come up. And that's what we have found. Like, yes, we super felt the Lord on it. We still have to give our yes, but boy, has it been like one of the hardest things we've ever done. Super rewarding, super incredible, but so hard that we're like, oh, the Lord spoke to us. We heard him. We partnered our yes with his. It was both. And, and so now we're so committed. I think if I had have just been like, 
God forced me into this, I'd be so bitter right now. I would be so angry at the Lord um, for just hardships that every marriage experiences and be like, I don't know. I don't know. This is really tough, you know, and it would be a lot easier to blame him and run away, run to run away than be like, this is something that I chose. And this is a covenant that I actually picked. And this is better than the best I could hope for. But on the days when it's hard, um, yeah, I think it, it, it takes all the responsibility off of us and gives God the scapegoat thing. And again, I don't think we hear him. I have heard so many women say, I'm meant to marry this person then marry someone else. I just don't think we hear him accurately. And even if he does speak and it's super obvious, it's usually for a reason and we still have to submit that to leadership. Do you want to know anything to that? No. Leif, I can see you chomping at the bit. Oh, I, you said a lot. I No, I, I tend to think it's both and. I, I, mm-hmm. This is really about the amazing nature of God. You know, like we really kind of, we could shift the question and just say, you know, do you believe that instead of saying, do you believe that there's one, we could say, do you believe that there is a amazing God who is so flexible and so powerful that he can do both? Yeah. And, and I really think that's the answer. And, um, you know, for some people that want to believe that do believe that there's one, God will honor that. He will in faith. He'll honor that. And for those that feel like um, there's not one, it's just really about human choice. And as long as it's submitted to the Lord, God will honor that too. I, I, I tend to think there is a person because God's love is so specific and intentional. If we practice intentionality, how much more will the perfect being who runs the universe practice intentionality? But we can always choose people that um, maybe we, we, we meet someone along the way to waiting and we fall in love with them and we think they're the one. And in faith, we make a covenant with them. God will say, absolutely. You both love the Lord. I'll honor that. I'll honor that connection. And, and, and and he'll bless it and give it the same blessing he would with with anything else and so i just don't think he's limited by those things i really don't i I think he can do he can use either one of those things or both of them in combination so um he's so loving and so faithful and and good to us and he designed marriage you know so he would have known ahead of time these questions would come up in the life of a dater you know is there a one or is there not one? He would have known before he invented marriage and relationships, we would have these questions and, and he would have had a, a way of bringing that together. So. So good. Yeah. I'd love to do a deep dive on scripture to see where this comes from. Like, cause I don't, I, I mean, um, somebody commented the phrase, the one is not in scripture. I was actually thinking that I'm like, I'm not seeing this concept. Yes. Going out. Hey, this, you know, with Isaac and Rebecca, the one that draws from the well, like putting out a fleece, Lord, is this, I've heard of people saying, he'll have, um, Lord, Pray he'll have a red car and this one has a red car and they get along really well but also believe if they had a red car and they didn't get along really well that probably wouldn't be the one that they married <laughs> you know so yeah. it's just it's such a, a tricky subject but i really think one of the main things that i take from it is um if you are tired of being single and, and um go and meet people god can bring if you if you believe in the one okay but still get out there because i see the the success the the marriage rate of people who actually go out and meet people is a lot higher than those who don't just just it worked for us it works for us (laughs) you know um, i see a lot of people sitting around going it'll happen it'll come um and i'm like you know what anything else god calls us to we actually have to partner our faith with action you know uh like i said be a doctor okay i'm gonna go and study but i'm gonna partner my faith with action and trust that you're gonna do the rest and so 
getting out there, doing something, meeting people, you know, dating, being open, going through healing in your heart is so important. Um, guys, we're going to wrap it up now. I want to honor your time. But um, yeah, I would really love to encourage the guys that are on the panel. Um, yeah, Leif has to go. Leif is singing worship at a home church. So Leif, have a great time. You awesome man of God. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, Thank you for having me back. And Nick, it's an honor to be here tonight. Thank you. You're awesome. Thanks so much for coming. Um, but yeah, if you guys can answer, like there's been some more questions that have come in. So maybe after the call in the next couple of days, if you'd like to share some wisdom, the questions that we didn't get to, that would be amazing. Um, did you guys have any closing remarks? Anything that you, yeah, Darren, that you'd love the women who are watching and the men, but I'm assuming a lot more women will yeah. be watching to know. Yeah, um, just to, to go back to that question, sorry. Um, there's just one thing that came to mind as I was hearing the responses. Um, the other thing that I would say is there's another question after the one and or is, or is it the choice? Um, the question I would ask myself is what am I doing after? Okay, if, if there is a one, okay, what am I gonna do? And this is a question I would ask myself, what am I gonna do when, when, when stuff hits the fan, you know? Or, or even if I heard God wrong, um, what am I going to do? Well, we know in scripture, you know, what it says, you know, about once you, once you join together with somebody, um, and Paul even very clearly says, you know, and I think I can't remember if it's in Romans, um, or Galatians or, or either of those, but he talks about, you know, those of you, when, if you've been yoked together, you know, even if you're with an unbelieving spouse, you stay with them if that unbelieving spouse is there. Um, and, you know, even that, like it just goes to unpack a whole bunch in, in that scripture. But my takeaway is, is this, look, if, if you're going to say there's a one, um, you know, you got it, you're, you're in it until, you're in it until, until the end. Even if you think you heard God wrong, I'm sorry, but that, that's just the way it is. You know, um, it, it's it's a hard truth. It really is. You know, and, you know, people want to, you know, want to justify. Well, you know, I, I think I heard God wrong and, you know, this and that. And I'm like, look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you think you heard God wrong now. You, you're already in the marriage. You're in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's so it important to take your time. Get to know the person yeah. beforehand. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's really all I wanted to add. Yeah. And obviously we did it. And so we see the value in it. <laughs> and even though yeah. it was right for us, I'm like, oh, I see why it's wisdom and why people said this. Yeah. So I love that. Justin, do you have anything to add before we go? Yes, I do. Um, I was reminded of one of the teachings I got at BSSM that um, God himself has only said two things are beautiful in the entire Bible, Lucifer and women. So no one can ever take that from you. All of you are beautiful. All of you are worth going after. All of you are worth having a great husband to be in life with and just hang in there, stick with it. Ask people out, don't ask them out and it, whatever you want. There's like really no wrong answer because you're wonderful. You're great. And uh, I look forward to just meeting everybody I can. Oh, you're so sweet, Justin. Babe, do you have anything to add? 
not after that. Like, well said, Justin. Well said. Justin is an awesome friend and one of my incredible interns for our dating site. And he is incredible, guys. So um, both of these men are single. These two, not him. These other two. Um, and <laughs> please don't be messaging my husband. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> unless you're a guy and want to talk. Yeah, unless you're a guy and want to talk. Yeah. I'll message him. That's so sweet. You're so sweet. Um, but yeah, if you're a guy and you want to talk, Nick Chamberlain, um, he's not in the Revivalist group, but if you look on my Facebook, you'll find him on mine because it says he's my husband. Um, he has such a passion for men and loves walking alongside them, working with them and helping them to walk in wholeness and purity and to date really well. And he's also really good at fashion. So he has taken quite a few men shopping and helped them up their game and get some dates um, just from that. So just bragging on you a little. Thanks, Oh, you're welcome. All right, guys, yeah. we're going to let you go, but have an awesome time. Facebook land. Let's give them a wave. Bye. <laughs>